Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Hey Brad, how are you? Good evening, Andrew. How are you today? I'm I'm uh I'm okay. Yeah. Not great. We've got we've got some project car updates to get to. Yeah. But I think we're do so we'll we'll do some car news first. Unless you've got Yeah, um, and also I'm not going to be able to talk too too much about a current situation just because of pending issues i don't want to deal with things so we'll see what happens but we'll get to that Te- little teaser for later anybody that follows me on instagram already knows so yeah so it's whatever it's on instagram we can talk about <laughs> yeah exactly um all right so i remember i think it was almost two years ago now it was, it was april a- of 2017 was it that long ago it was because I had looked it up yesterday when I was talking about it. That talking about the news stories related to it in the office with a coworker, um, and I pulled up the episode of Reply All, and it was April of 2017. Oh, I think I ended up on the 99% Invisible website, so it was episode 350 of 99% Invisible. Okay, I think they released on both feeds, but anyways, uh, I think actually that's how I heard about 99% Invisible. But what we're talking about is it's called the Roman Mars virus. Roman Mars Mazda virus. Um, and Roman Mars is the host of 99% Invisible. Um, Correct. And long story short, so if you had like a 2014 to 2017 Mazda with like Bluetooth and car connectivity and all this stuff, and you were trying to listen to the 99% uh, sometimes they call it 99PI podcast. The percent symbol was causing the head unit to reboot and crash like over and over again. Like, it would just get stuck in a loop. Uh, let me let me the podcast. A quick, quick correction. It was April of 19, not 17. So you're correct. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Um. So fast forward to February or late January 2022 here. And apparently, the Seattle NPR station, KUOW, uh, has bricked a bunch of people's infotainment systems in their Mazdas. Well, it didn't brick them. It locks them into listening to only KUOW and doing nothing else. No, it bricks them because you, the only way to fix them is to replace them. Oh, okay. Well, but, but it still will pick up KUOW and do nothing else. And only that. <laughs> right. So it's not a brick; it's a one functional tool now. Yeah, but they basically a one said function tool. All of them have to be replaced. So right. far, this is the which is super annoying Mazda. Yeah, which I don't understand why you couldn't like somebody's got to look at them, them. You can wipe them or something. Yep, I don't understand why either. I have the. I have a. Yeah, I had the. I had it ready to go here. Hold on. So this is from. Uh, Brian Gluckman on Twitter has a little more detail on it. So uh, the radio station is sending as part of an HD signal, a station ID image to be displayed on the head unit. Only they didn't include an extension on the file name. So the Mazda unit doesn't know if it's a PNG, a JPEG or a vector SVG, right? So, you know, like sometimes uh, when you're listening to streaming music, it'll show the album cover. The, The device needs to know that that's a JPEG or whatever it is. It doesn't know what this is, and it instead of like 
So he says not only did Mazda not check uh, on the file being decoded to determine the file type, preventing, say, a PNG being sent over with a JPEG extension, but they didn't include an internal counter to cause this, the head unit to reset the factory defaults after, say, 10 resets. So, like, it just gets, it tries to open it because it's just a computer and that's yep. all it wants to do. And it just gets stuck in a loop of not being able to know how to open it. Yeah, so you said that like, function and then it needs to complete that function to move on and it can't complete that function. So it's like, well, we live here now. Yeah. Super and Apparently, um, it's like a $1,500 unit that has to be replaced in these Mazdas. So now who's going to foot the bill for that? Is it going to be Mazda or is it going to be KUOW? Mazda said locally the owners should go to their dealer and have them submit a goodwill warranty claim. Okay. So it sounds like Mazda is going to do the right thing. Yeah, because it sounds like it was a a coding error on their end. Yep. And then, you know, with supply chain, who knows when you'll get your radio, but yeah, of course. Only Mazda is from 2016, that one year only, it says it's an issue. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) And it's such like a, a conspiracy theory thing too. You'll hear about now, like, Oh, you know, public radio wants everybody to hear their side of things. So they stuck their radios on there. Yeah. So that was just a fun, random, weird story. Well, yeah, it's a callback to the other one. Cause the other one, like you said, was the percent symbol. And yeah. I don't remember what the fault was. It wasn't sticking them. It was just turning them off pretty much. Right. It would make them reboot. Yeah. Um, and then, but like it wouldn't brick them. Right. This is a little more similar thing. It didn't like the percent symbol, the way it was expressed, it seemed to the device that it was like a a line of code or something. Right. It was something to do with it be following the 99. Yeah, exactly. So there's some of the the radio that like something 99% became a reboot code. It's the radio. Every time you put on the 99% podcast would just reboot the radio. Yeah, I will guarantee that the Auto Off Topic podcast won't brick your head unit. Until we upload this episode with a percent emblem after it. <laughs> this is Auto yeah. Off Topic, 99%. Sorry, Mazda owners. <laughs> the good thing is most of our listeners drive 1986 Mazdas, not 2016 Mazdas. So. Yeah, they're listening to their podcast through an FM modulator on their phone. So it's Correct. Not gonna, yeah, it's not going to break it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an annoying story, and I'd, I'd be annoyed if I owned a Mazda and that bricked my radio because I was trying to listen to the Seattle NPR station. That's that's dumb. <laughs> so and you're right with with the with the whole chip shortage. Who knows if that radio needs a chip or with the supply chain, how long you'd wait to get one? Like, wonder if Mazda would just pay the equivalent for you to get an aftermarket head unit at that point. I don't know. It's got that weird. It's those annoying, uh, one of those annoying. Oh, that's right. Too, they like an iPad on the top of the dashboard, don't they? Yep. It's like Mazdas, BMWs, a yep. couple other manufacturers that do it that way. And yeah, you're right. So you couldn't just do it that way. So I think they're really dumb. Oh, no looking, but <laughs> well, that sucks. Thankfully, neither one of us owns a 2016 Mazda or lives in Seattle. So yeah, but all modern cars should come with. Just a touchscreen that could also be replaced by a double DIN unit. Well, I think that all modern cars should just literally have 
Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and that's it. That way it's updated. They absolutely all the time. should. And when yeah. they don't, and it's a, a new car, it's really annoying. Like, I don't yeah. know how much money they saved. What, two pennies? Like, who knows? Putting it in. Yeah, like volume. almost every new car, I think. I don't know if you can get a new car without Bluetooth now, can you? Probably not. No. Because hands free so. is like required in so many states. But yep. the rental car I had the last time I was in, oh, we even talked about it. I was in LA the other week. I had right. a 2020 Eclipse Cross. And the time before, the month before, or two months before when I was there, I had an Outlander Sport. And I picked that because one, I hadn't driven one. And two, I was like, I know it'll have CarPlay and I'll just use it. It'll be great. And it was. It drove great. It was a great little car. And then I was like, oh, I haven't driven an Eclipse Cross yet. It looked more interesting than the other uh, Nissan crossovers in the lot. So I get in it and I hook my phone up and I'm waiting in line to leave the place. And I realize it doesn't have any CarPlay. Like, what is the point of putting a giant screen if it doesn't do CarPlay or Android Auto? Oh, the point of the giant screen, unfortunately, is the mandated backup camera. Yes, but you could put that in the rearview mirror. Right, like but the screen is already screen. there, so you might as well have it do something. It's it's funny because my... The screen is already back- there for, yeah, for backup camera, but it might as yep. well have CarPlay. That's what I'm saying. The screen's already there. You might as well use it. So it's funny because my 2013 Jetta has a has a screen, um, but it's a 2013, so obviously CarPlay and Android Auto didn't exist, I don't think. But at the same time, it's this giant screen that just functions as a radio, and it's always bothered me to why they put a giant screen in the car that's literally just a radio. Like it it should just have a normal radio function and not have a screen. It doesn't do any good having a screen in the car. Because yeah. even the menu settings in it don't change anything in the rest of the car. They're all just for the radio settings. So it always seemed kind of dumb to have a big screen in the middle that doesn't do anything. It looks like the car should have GPS, but it doesn't. It's just a screen. Now, of course, if it had GPS, it would be way outdated now anyway. But I wonder if some of them got GPS and it was like a module that Correct. would not be installed or installed. And- no, maybe use the same screen no matter what. Yeah. Like the difference between my base uh, all track and a more expensive one was like a six or a seven inch screen. Okay. Yeah, I don't particularly like the screens either, especially the matte finish ones, because you can never get your fingerprints off of them. So oh, I don't, I find, uh, I've got stuff that's uh, invisible glass, it seems to work for me. Plus, uh, or maybe I'm using, I've also got Armor All that's for like dash and touch screens. That's like a thing. Is it a flat screen or is it a like glossy? It's flat. It's not glossy. Hmm. Okay. I'll try some of that stuff because mine like has a permanent um, fingerprint where the play pause button is right in the dead Hmm. center middle of the screen. It's annoying. Yeah. Speaking of repairing things. Right to repair is back. Um, well, I guess recently, and they announced it a while ago, but Subaru like turned off all their telematic systems in Massachusetts. Yep. Because they don't comply with the law. Or they don't want to comply with the law, basically, because they would have to provide all that data to citizens right. of Massachusetts. And they, they don't want to provide it just for the one state. Yeah. Which is annoying. Which 
uh, I guess is coming up to, that's where we get to this. So the right to equitable and professional auto industry repair or repair act, uh, has been introduced by us representative Bobby L rush of Chicago, Illinois, Illinois. So this is going to be a nationwide, um, HR 6570, a nationwide right to repair act, basically. Okay. Which is because we kind of talked about this a while ago that since Massachusetts is doing it, it's likely other states going to do that. But yeah, I mean, maybe it'll just be a federal law. So here's what one of these things that, and I'm going to stay out of the obvious comparisons to the, to the, to the gun laws. Cause we don't want to get involved in that comparisons here. But one of the things that confuses me in general is why have a country where you have different laws regarding cars across the country. That's always been weird to me. Well, that, yeah, that is a much, much deeper. Yeah. You have to go all the way back to founding of the, U.S. government and how it works sure. between states' rights. I understand the whole state. I understand the whole state. I understand the whole states' rights thing, but I think my issue with the automobile is, I guess, I, I guess there is the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, and there is the EPA, and there is all those things that do enact national standards. Maybe I'm talking out my butt here. Um, now that I'm thinking more about it, I don't know. I just, I just, it's, it's sometimes confusing trying to know what's what in each state, but. I guess it's there is a basic law for all of them, and then we have each state has their own thing on top of it. So I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna redact that whole statement. Never mind. Sorry, it's it's already correct. Yeah, the states just have freedom to set their own laws as long as they don't go against federal laws. Right. That's that's the short the short answer. But it would be it would be very good to have, and there's bipartisan support for this to have a nationwide. Um basically right to repair act because you can't yeah, yeah, just have correct. you need to have it. So it winds up being basically the manufacturer of the car shouldn't have to make different cars for each state. I think either. This is true, but you shouldn't be, you know, because cars are more complicated. Uh, we shouldn't be boxing out independent repair shops. Now don't get us started on, um, quality shops because lately you have experienced some issues with shops and dealers. Sure, and we have we have some friends that have experienced issues with uh, independent shops that have not been on the up and up either. So yeah, um, well, both but, between my six thousand dollar clutch repaired, you know, quote, yeah. and our friend Joe with his Subaru getting two shops telling him he needed head gaskets when yeah. he didn't. Yeah. So, but that's the other thing that you have right to repair so that there is multiple independent shops. You know, so you're not, you know, so maybe you get the shady one on one side of the block, but there's a good guy on the other side of the block that'll help you out. And by having right to repair, everybody's got a fair shot at being successful at a shop, I guess, being a shop. Well, yeah, the thing is, that the consumer buys the product, they should be able to fix it wherever they want. 
They shouldn't be required to go back or to the fix dealer. It I think, <laughs> or fix it themselves. Yeah. I think that's basically the the basic, you know, thought behind the whole the whole act, right? It's to keep the protect the consumer and not have to have the shop have like a have the dealership have a monopoly on fixing the car. Yeah. Cause what if so well, yeah, I mean, look at the those Mazdas, right? They they can really only go to the dealer for that radio. I mean, a outside shop could order it, but they probably can't. An outside shop probably can't program it. Yeah, it probably yeah. requires a Mazda computer to program it. Yeah, it's definitely an important act. We need we need to have a right to repair. Yeah, so like maybe if you could go in an independent shop and they had access to the software and they could program it, you know, maybe it would be an eight hundred dollar job and not a fifteen hundred dollar repair. And that's the other issue with the right to repair act with the independent shops. If manufacturers stop allowing repair data to go out there, then eventually these independent shops are going to have to shut down. And that'll be a huge economic issue because there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of independent repair shops out there. Oh yeah. It's a whole industry of people. Yep. So it's all, it's protecting the consumer and that end user right there. So I I, I understand it completely. And then what, you know, what you you came from the auto body industry so what if you didn't have access to be able to fix um people's vehicles and you had to go to a dealer owned body shop correct like a tesla yeah tesla still i'm not sure how they do it but they're still not selling parts to auto body shops in massachusetts even with right to repair really Mm -hmm. so if i had a tesla and it was rear-ended i'd have to go to a Tesla approved body shop. Yep. And how many of those exist? One. Yeah, not very many, and they're obviously high end and busy, and you have to follow all their rules. So, and that, that doesn't that doesn't mean they're good. It just means no, that they have you know passed all the tests to get there. But at the end of the day, they could hire a new guy that works in your car and does it wrong. It's, yeah. We've I remember some of my last days in Massachusetts working at the dealership. I remember we had one come in um, for a customer actually that you know as well, Andrew, um, from the city of Lynn, um, to have his Tesla doors readjusted because he had the car fixed at a Tesla body shop and did a horrible job. Oh. And we had to readjust the doors for him. Hmm. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't mean they're good. It just means that they're authorized. So, and yeah. we couldn't order any parts. We just had to adjust the doors. Yeah. Competition is good. Yep. It is. Unfortunately, it's less and less of a thing every year, it seems, with everything. You know, just from from grocery stores to car repair, there's less and less competition all the time. So, you know, there's, there's how many different grocery store chains, but they're all owned by the same parent companies. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And it's yeah. we're trying to avoid the same thing with with collision, not collision repair, but mechanic repair. Because collision repair is going that route too. You know, most independent body shops are being bought out by these national chains like Carstar or Caliber Collision or any of these big names Mm. you hear all over the place. And they're buying all the mom and pop shops and everything's just becoming, you know, it's not a monopoly because there's like five different ones. But at the same time, it kind of is because if all five of them are doing the same practices, then it kind of becomes a monopoly and it puts the small mom and pop shops out of business. So it's, it's a sign of the times like in general. Salvage yards. 
Sure. There's two different ones. There's LKQ and is it Pick Aparts, the other one? Yeah, I think so. Where they buy all the different salvage yards and make them all one on their own. And then the biggest problem with that is that a lot of the salvage yards that had older inventory, they clear all that out and crush them and just keep modern cars. So when we're trying to fix older cars, it's harder to get parts. Now, on the positive end, they do inventory stuff and you can actually find what you're looking for. Right. Um, But then they crush the car immediately. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I I, kind of like, I believe row 52 is just uh, for independent places, really. Mm -hmm. So row 52 doesn't buy the facility. Um, They help with inventory management. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a little different. Yeah. So whoops. I'd rather, I'd rather support that for sure. But I also have bought parts from LKQ. So it is what it is. We're forced to get them where they come from, you know, and look, I mean, rock auto does the same thing with independent, um, parts suppliers. They buy out old inventory from independent parts suppliers and put them out and put it all in their big warehouse somewhere. So Mm -hmm. it's all everything at some point becomes a big conglomeration. It seems. Yeah. Interesting to watch all of it going forward, but I, I, I regret my whole comment on states' rights earlier, so I'm trying to walk it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a long, complicated history of how our government's set up. No, it really is, and and I, I understand the, the the states' rights because you know California has more cars than Utah, so they have different rules. So I I, I get it, and it's probably the it's probably why it is that way. But I think as far as the manufacturing goes, it's a little tough to have different standards for different states. Mm-hmm. So I think that should kind of maybe go away. That becomes yeah. an issue when you're trying to buy parts for a car sometimes because, you know, the car has mass or California emissions and it becomes impossible to find the parts if you're not in mass or California. If that car yeah, well, mass sold off somewhere mass, in Tennessee or something. Yeah, mass is California emissions. So Yeah, it's all the same stuff, same parts. Yeah. So. But it became when you work at a shop, you have to stock, you know, California emissions parts and regular emissions parts, especially in a state like Massachusetts, where it's so small, you wind up working on cars from New Hampshire and Connecticut and Rhode Island as well. And they don't have the California emissions parts. They have the federal emissions parts. So mm-hmm. I'd like to apologize if my voice is a little muddled tonight. The story you'll hear later has me on a uh, muscle relaxer pill from my doctor and my tongue is getting tied here if that sounds like oh, so, all right, all right. yeah it's not good <laughs> I'm not drunk I promise I've been drinking water all day <laughs> all right and a more positive note here uh, Nissan came out with some retro styled frontiers of the new frontier super cool trucks yeah really cool they're for the they're for the Chicago auto shell I, was, I thought they were renders at first because <laughs> they're yeah no so they're cool they're real thing. yeah yeah so, so they're my, on, I I want to combine two of them. Yeah. They, they made, they made three different trucks and one of them's got the, like the three spoke, like eighties pathfinder wheels. Yep. And the other one has the big four by four logo on the door that like runs into a stripe the whole way down the side of the car. Yeah. And that's cool. But I want that with the forerunner wheels. I mean the, um, yeah. pathfinder wheels. Yeah. I like the pickup uh, bed light bar. Like why? Why don't pickup trucks just look like this now? <laughs> I don't know. Like stripes, I don't think ever went out of. Why did stripes go out of style? They're cool looking. Yeah, no, I dig them. 
I think I'm, I would definitely do a, a blue frontier with the blue and light blue and white four by four giant logo on the door. Yeah, absolutely. So these are all over the internet. You can go find them. They're pretty cool though. The hard body concept is the red one with the tri spokes yep. and it's got like a flat black hood, black bumper and the bed mounted light bar. It's pretty cool. Colorado Chevy Colorado did a truck with a bed mounted light bar like a year ago. It didn't look as cool though for some reason. I'm, well, they used know. a square LED light on the top, and the problem was yeah. the light the light bar formed the same shape of the roof, so it had like a curvature across it. And then the light bar, the lights on there were at an angle because they were on either side of the curvature and they were square, so it just looked it looked hokey in aftermarket. It wasn't as cool as these are. Mm. I hope Nissan actually offers these as a package like. I'm not in the market for a new Nissan pickup truck by any means, but I'd love to see him around. Yeah. So that's all I had for car news. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything else lately. Um, it's funny, a coworker of mine is uh, a journalist, and he gets press cars all the time. And uh, he had a, we've talked about in the show before, my interest in the new Ford Maverick. Yeah. So he had one of those the other day and I was poking around a little bit and it was decently optioned for like 23 grand. And I was like, all right, this is cool. I could dig this. And then uh, his fleet service manager came down and swapped, uh, swapped it today with a Santa Cruz. So he's reviewing them pretty much back to back. And uh, I was looking at the Santa Cruz and it's bad. It's just not good. On top of it being unattractive, the sticker price on it was also $38,000. So Whoa. I don't even know how they're competing in the same market. Like, obviously, it's got more options. But it was just surprising to me the difference between the two and the amount of things you get differently aren't enough to justify almost two Mavericks for the price. Are of they dollars. competing in the same market or are people just saying they're competing in the same market because they're a carbon <sighs> So I think they're competing in the same market because a base model Santa Fe is like 27 and a loaded um, Maverick is about the same. So there is a little bit of cross shopping there, but I was just surprised to see how much more this truck costs. It's about the same size. The bed's about the same size. I don't see any reason to buy the Hyundai other than the warranty. So I don't know. Wasn't my, uh, it wasn't my thing. That's for sure. I definitely preferred the Maverick. Mm. So, and for twenty three grand, you can't really go wrong. So. Oh, any uh, car project car update stuff for you, Andrew? Mm, two of my so one half of what I need to do the front shocks, like the upper spring perch and the bump stops, are in stock. Weirdly. Like they're on backboard okay. and they're like, oh, they're like one of each came in. Do you want us to ship them? I'm like, no, we wait. This is for the Q45, <laughs> correct? Yeah. Okay. So those will supposedly be in like next couple of weeks. So hopefully by the time it's warm out, I can do that. Excellent. Um, we did. We talked about it really quickly. I, I picked up the turn signals, uh, the turn signal slash marker lights for it. Yep, uh, at the junkyard uh, when we had Jeremy on. Um, I haven't really done much else because I was in I was in California for a week. I didn't really get to do much car stuff. I was working. It's working. It's 
on truck stuff, but sure, n- nothing like cool I can talk about. Um, yeah, modern new truck stuff. It. Well, it's cool stuff, but I can't talk about it. So, um, okay. it's not announced. So, um, the uh, there was a cruise night kind of type thing. I couldn't, shouldn't call it a cruise night because it was young people. So I guess the car meet. Uh, I think the, the vernacular I've been hearing lately is a pop-up meet. A pop-up meet. Okay. Yep. All right. So yeah, not, it was, not, not uh, official, just a parking lot pop-up meet. It was definitely a, um, it was in a cool area. It was like, so I was down in Foothill Ranch, which is like Lake Forest. This was up in Irving, Irvine. Sorry. Yep. So like I don't know, 20 minutes away. Kind of actually near where Japanese uh, classic car show was, right? That's okay. That's Anaheim. I was pretty close, right? Or, I listen. My California. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my California geography is not great. Um, yeah, it was definitely like a hey, fellow kids, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I try to blend in. I but, I went to one of those as well this weekend. Um, very similar feels when I was there, but it was an all Mitsubishi gathering. I went to one last year out here too. Same, same gathering, same parking lot. They do it once a year, but it was a lot of eclipses and a lot of Evos and a lot of people who I definitely don't relate to. So other than car, car stuff, it was, it was definitely a strange crowd. And, uh, I mean, it was neat to see that the DSM love is still going pretty strong, but it definitely wasn't my scene otherwise. So I stayed there for, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Cause, uh, Moises drove up from, um, Tucson in his, uh, V six Sigma, like the 80, was that an 86, 87 Sigma, the big Mitsubishi sedan 20 had at yeah. Radwood in uh, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he two, came up and the two adults can hang out. Right. Well, boss, he's a friend, so I can hang out with him. Um, and he had his, you know, 19 year old nephew with him too. So there was a bit of a, uh, a buffer between us, <laughs> us, us and the kids. So yeah, we had the only two non either DSM or Evos there with my blue Colt and his, uh, his Sigma. And of course, nobody, nobody had any idea what they were. Um, yeah. Only one. So there was a, a kid who had just picked up. A two-owner, hundred and ten thousand mile bone stock, beautiful paint, um, nineteen ninety Eclipse GSX, and he's planning on keeping it stock, thankfully, because uh, it's bone bone stock, like right down to the stock, um, you know, stock air can still, like the car's bone stock. Um, he knew what my car was, so that was one of the. One of the few there that did other than myself or Moises, but it was definitely a hello fellow kids moment for myself as well. It was in the parking lot of a uh, Boba Tea. Is that what it's called? I said how you pronounce it. I think so. Boba Tea store. Yeah. I don't really know what Boba Tea is. I didn't get any, but it definitely seems like, I don't know. A, kids uh, like a, youth, I, a youth culture thing. <laughs> I would need to try it. I mean, I there was a, so that, that was the other thing that where this meat was, was a bunch of Asian restaurants like, Okay. Really, it was a cool area, like a bunch of really cool Asian restaurants to get food. So sure, that was cool. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I saw a bunch of Rivians. Uh, I don't know what changed the last couple months since I was in California, but it, it felt like every fifth car was a Tesla. 
It probably hasn't changed. You just noticed it more. Like every time, every time I'm, like an intersection, there's at least two. Yeah, every time I'm in California, it's the same thing. It's all Teslas everywhere. All Teslas and Teslas and pre I. I mean, that really makes you feel like you're in a simulation because you're like, <laughs> it just keeps. They all look identical. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole Grand Theft so, Auto effect. Yeah, and then the like, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of car that is, but a blacked out car, blacked out tint, black California license plate is definitely a uniform. Yep. And it's usually a BMW, a Mercedes, or a Tesla. Or a giant pickup truck. Or a giant pickup truck, sure. We can go yeah. with that. We don't like giant pickup trucks. They're mean. Hmm. I got black suited on for probably a half mile last Friday. I was quite angry. Anyway, so I spent the weekend doing a bunch of little repair things to the Saab. Um, yeah. We, we chatted about that car a bunch because I drove it across country over New Year's. Um, I did just a bunch of little stuff. Like I, I don't know if I talked about putting the mirror on it before. So I replaced the broken mirror with a new mirror. I took the wipers off and I scuffed them all down and primed them and painted them black again because they were all rusty. I took some of the uh, carpet uh, aerosol carpet dye, and the the rear shelf in the car was like it's supposed to be a dark dark gray but it was kind of all faded to a grayish green terribleness. So I took that and I, I re-dyed that to a nice, you know, black color that matched the rest of the back of the car trim. So that was really nice. Um, I spent way more time than anybody should making the black trim around the car black again. Uh, just multiple, multiple applications of product until it's, st- until it's stuck, until it stopped like sucking it in every time I put it on, especially the rear spoiler. <laughs> Because the rear spoiler isn't really porous. It's like a hard plastic. Um, but I actually found out that I was... I, I made it look black again by using like just a little bit of, of the tire shine that was left over on a rag. And like really wiping it in. And then really wiping it down with like microfiber made it like kind of a matte finish. So the experiment was going to be see how long that lasts. Because it looked really good. And see if it didn't run down the side of the car when it rained. But... Yeah, so I did all that. Um, I cleaned up all the door jams under the hood. I did. I, I basically detailed the whole car because the plan was to take the car to Austin, Texas in two weeks for Redwood. So I wasn't sure whether I was going to keep the car or sell the car, but I at least wanted to get to Redwood to kind of like finish the story of driving across country and it being reliable and awesome and being a great car. So... That was my almost entire weekend was spent detailing the Saab and little things here and there. I took one nice picture of it Sunday night at like golden hour, just a quick cell phone snap. And I was like, yeah, I was super happy with how it looked. Uh, fast forward to Monday morning and uh, I drove it to work. And I didn't make it to work. Mm. So this is the story of why I sound tongue tied this evening because I'm on a couple of uh, medications from the doctor because uh, I hit a cement wall at about 45, 50 miles an hour. Um, oh, so you, you entered it in the Coliseum race yeah. in LA. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about that either. No. Um, so yeah, the Saab, unfortunately, is no longer with us. Um, I, I will say it did its job. Um, it protected me mostly 
I'm, I'm pretty sore. I'm pretty upset. I, I, I'm having a hard time with an insurance company already. Uh, I'm trying to avoid going through my insurance and going through his insurance instead because it was not my fault. It was a, I don't want to say too much yet. Once, once everything's settled out, I'll get into the details. I'll have a whole episode of, of what happened and how it happened. And, but a short version of a long story, he hit the side of my car and his much bigger vehicle tangled with mine. And, uh, when he lost control of his truck, um, I was along for the ride. And after the two vehicles separated, I had about enough time to go, Oh shit, I'm going to hit that wall. Um, and then I don't remember anything until the car was slowly coasting down the side of the highway. And I was like, ah, I should stop this and put it in park. So it was definitely a, uh, a moment in my life. I don't want to relive. Um, I don't recommend it. Um, unfortunately I've been reliving it every time I go to sleep, but Hey, that's part of life, right? So they say that, uh, the body protects you when you have an incident like that and makes you not remember things. So, but then you do remember it later on in dream experiences. So it's been an interesting week. Um, but yeah, sadly, the car is no longer with us. It's it's quite bent. Um, it's got damage on the left front corner where the other party first hit me, uh, and then it's got damage on the right front corner where it was driven into the driven into the wall. Um, the car, the whole corner of the car is missing. Uh, and then once it hit that wall, like I said, probably at about forty five miles an hour, it was like a cement K rail. Um, it swung the tail of the car around and it took out the right rear corner of the car as well. So the quarter panel is stuffed in there. Um, and on top of it, the roof is buckled in the middle, like in like Mm. three places. So both airbags went off in the front, you know, it's before seat sensors. So the car gets in an accident, any bags that are there go off. So the two bags went off. I've never dual stage bags. No, no, they are, they are not. Um, I had injured my thumb about two weeks ago, uh, and it was not feeling great, but it wasn't like too bad. Um, and it's now broken. So I don't know if it was broken before the accident or just sore. I'd ever got x-rays, but after the accident, I went to the hospital and got chest x-rays and hand x-ray and, uh, my thumb is broken at the base on my dominant hand, of course. So whether it was broken or not before, I don't know, but you know, the airbag certainly did its would have ended that anyway. So, uh, I'm in a bit of a splint here trying to keep it stationary. So yeah, so it's, it's been a week. Um, suffice it to say, I didn't work on Monday. Uh, I didn't go back to work until I did about a half a day on Tuesday. Um, and I drove back into the office on Wednesday, but yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a hundred percent yet. Um, Hopefully that doesn't come through too much in this podcast, but I'm definitely not. I'm definitely in a this weird... This podcast is never 100%, so... No, I think this is going to be a particularly, a particularly bad one. So I'm just uh, apologizing for, for that, but uh, I'm pretty bummed. Um, I was really getting into the car. I was really making it look nice. Um, like I said, I wasn't sure whether the plan was to keep it or sell it. But I at least wanted to finish the story of getting into the Radwood in Austin and coming home and and decide from there. But I was leaning towards just keeping it because it was a nice car to drive. You know, I, I don't usually buy an automatic, but 
this car was an automatic and it was nice just to cruise to and from work in it. So not that I took it to work every day because I didn't, so the Volkswagen, but I was eventually gonna make it the thing, but yeah, unfortunately. It's uh it's no longer here. So But I am, so I guess that's the important part, right? The car did its job, it protected me. I I I can't say enough. I'm glad I wasn't in something older and lighter and thinner. So I guess if you gotta pick a vintage car to drive into a wall, it might as well be a Swedish one, right? Yeah. So yeah, I do not recommend driving into a wall. Um it has not been a fun week. It's uh no, I bet not. It's it's a it's a moment I never want to relive, we'll put it that way. I I just I can't I can't get it out of my head and it's just been it's been hard. So I think you put in the notes a true sob story and that's Yeah. It is. It yeah. Is. I I think I've I've had every every human emotion has gone through my head since Monday morning at eight o'clock in the morning. So thankfully Naomi was able to drive out there and pick me up because I couldn't drive the car anywhere. Uh, and the responding police officer was on a motorcycle, so he couldn't bring me anywhere either. So <laughs> it definitely, uh, it definitely changed the direction of my week and, uh, my car life for the next few months at least. So fingers crossed it all works out. Um, we won't know until we know, right? I mean, at this moment in time, there's there's no witnesses. There's no nobody stopped, despite the fact that there were cars everywhere. Nobody stopped. Everybody just kept going. Um, hmm. Well, so it's one way to get rid of a car, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess. But now it's going to be a fight to get what the car is actually worth, possibly too. You know? Yeah. So I'm I'm just it just it just really sucks. You know, it's it's one of those things like. You truly never know. Um, you, you try as hard as you can to avoid these things, you know, and when once it's all settled down and I can tell the story, I think everybody that hears the story will be quite angry uh, because I'm angry. Um, the, the way it happened was was frivolous and dumb. And uh, it, it was all, you know, all due to somebody's impatience and, you know, anger. So I just happened to be in the way at the wrong time. So it's, it's, like I said, it's one of those things like you, you try your best not to get in an accident. You know, when I'm driving one of the older cars, so, you know, Saab is kind of modern and it has airbags and it's a bigger, safer car. But if I'm driving the Colt or driving the Cressida or any of those, you know, 60s, 70s cars, I tend to stay in the right lane and do the speed limit or plus or minus three miles an hour and just stay there and stay out of everybody's way for this particular reason. Because when you start mixing that up with the traffic that's going faster, you never know, right? And that's, that's where we're at. So hopefully by uh, this time next week, when we record next week's episode, I'll be able to say next week's episode without slurring the word together. And uh, I'll be able to breathe and not have these like pains in my chest from smashing into the airbag or a steering wheel or whatever. Probably the seatbelt too. The seatbelt, yeah, definitely there is a permanent well not permanent but there's a uh, a nice black reminder across my entire midsection from the seatbelt so mm. all the things uh, for, 45 to 0 shouldn't have worn a seatbelt <laughs> yeah right I gone through the windshield listen I'm, I am intensely glad 
that they had cement K rail there. Because anything else, it was a. It's not like a immediate like down off a cliff. That's all right. He walked in here with a squeaky toy. It couldn't have been the any of the quiet toys. It had to be the squeaky toy. <laughs> here, look at me squeak this thing. Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, now I feel bad because he's blind, and I just threw it out in the hallway, and now he can't find it. So, he can spell it. Yeah, he'll get there eventually. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm glad the K rail was there because the other side of the K rail had a pretty hefty, you know, drop off and it would have been, it would have been a rollover accident at that point. So I guess if it had to happen, it happened in the right car. It happened in the right area and, uh, it is what it is. Depressing. That's what it is. So when is, uh, when's Radwood? In Austin, April, uh, end of February or March? It's last it's March. last weekend. Nope, it's last weekend in February. Oh, all right. So, we gonna take the eclipse. Uh, the eclipse the Sapporo. Not sure yet. Take the eclipse, the MVP, or the Sapporo. Not sure yet. Yeah. So it depends. Uh, eclipse has got AC and can drive the windows up. It does. It does. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, this is all still fresh. I haven't been able to even like change any plans or anything yet. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. NASCAR. NASCAR went to uh, the Coliseum. <laughs> Changed subject. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was. Uh, yeah, we didn't even get to talk about it before because I, I thought it was the kickoff race, but it was exhibition. Um, no, Daytona Daytona 500 is always the first race of the year. Um, the Bush Clash has always historically also been in Daytona, uh, yeah. but it's always been, you know, just a non-points exhibition race. So somebody had the cockamamie idea to do it inside the L.A. Coliseum. Which in on paper, I was like, that sounds insane. And then they built yep. it. And I was like, all right, it's like a short track, but just in a cool area, I guess. It's a very short track. It's a quarter mile track. What was crazy? The crazy thing to me was looking at the infield of the racetrack, and normally in the infield you see all like the haulers and the people camping and all that stuff, um, but there wasn't enough room for more than like double stacked up pits and like a Rav Four and a Camry pace car. <laughs> Other than that, it was well, full. They, well, they didn't even do. It was all like the pits were all engineered. Basically, you couldn't just pull into the pits. Like, unless Correct. You really had to. Correct. Um, I thought it was really cool because they did a bunch of heat races, like 25 lap heat races of like 10 cars or something. And the top three or four would go on to the, the main event. Um, yeah. So it was really cool. And I was, I was like low key, like there's an ice storm the Friday night I was supposed to fly back. And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't, I would be, wouldn't be too annoyed if I had to stay over the weekend. And, uh, cause the, the tickets were like super cheap. Um, so I don't know. I kind of wanted to go, but I ended up watching on TV. It was really good. I thought it was really good. You know, you get the cars, like the heats were pretty clean. The last chance heat that started getting a little rough, a lot more cautions. Uh, and you know, talk about getting thrown into K rails. <laughs> yeah. They're a little more prepared for it and they're wearing the right equipment. <laughs> yeah. I was driving down the street, just enjoying a podcast and drinking my coffee. <laughs> It was not the same. Um, I didn't watch any of the heats um, because I was busy working on the Saab fruitlessly, apparently. 
Um, so I didn't see any of the heats. I did watch the main event, um, and it was pretty neat the way they set it up and the way they got new fans there. Like, yeah. I'm a, listen, I, I might not be the world's biggest fan of Pitbull, but he certainly brought in a crowd of Pitbull fans, you know, and then well, he, kept, team. he doesn't race team now. Yes. Um, <laughs> Daniel Suarez is the driver. I don't know. I think I think Suarez is the driver. It's it made a big deal last year because he's the first Mexican NASCAR driver, and uh, it's fine. He's relentless, he's relentless. He won't go away. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I did watch the main event. Like I said, I with Pitbull. They kept panning across the crowd, and the crowd was nothing but like twenty somethings, like very LA looking twenty somethings, with like the occasional like hardened NASCAR fan mixed in between them. It was a pretty strange mix for a NASCAR race, but. That's what they need to do. They need to entice this younger population to get into NASCAR. I was even wondering if they went to like local colleges and like gave away free tickets to young people to make they it must look, have. yeah, to make it look more, you know, hip and young than it was. And then they had a, they had a halftime show, which is like, what, what am I watching? Had a football game? Like this is so weird. So they had a halftime well, show. If you're, if you're doing heats and then you do a main event, yeah, you put throw a show in there in between. Yeah, it was it was just neat. I mean, I I like that NASCAR is now trying new things. At least you know they've been stuck in the same traditions forever. Uh, and this is also importantly, which we haven't even touched on yet. This was the debut of the new race car. Oh, the next gen car, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like they have a sequential gearbox and they have a steering rack instead of rack and pinion. I mean, <laughs> instead of um, recirculating ball, like and they're they're transaxle now instead of just being a transmission and a rear axle. They five or six speeds. I think there's six speed sequentials. You know, they got rid of this the deep dish steelies and they have like a seventeen inch, you know, mesh style wheel with a center lock on it. So they they went a whole different world with these cars from what they're used to. Also looking at the cars, they have like like curves in the quarter panels. They're not just flat slab sided. The front bumpers they're, have uh, like shape to them. Yeah, they're composite bodies, so they have a little bounce to them, especially they were beating and banging. They they could take yeah. a little abuse before just, like, falling apart. Yeah, it used to be you bumped two NASCARs together, and the, uh, the arrow was ruined for the rest of the race. Like, these cars yeah. here, they have a little bit of a little bit of gives. They could, you know, give a little bumper tap, and it wouldn't screw up the arrow drag for the rest of the entire race. So I think it's all positive stuff. I think it's all – I think it's overdue for sure, but I think it's going to be yeah. all good stuff be interesting to see him with the super speedway package at Daytona. So yeah. Well, that's in what next week, week after, uh, and it's week after. Cause this weekend is, uh, this Sunday is super bowl. They don't do it the same weekend. Right. So I think it's the following weekend. It used to be speed weeks. They used to do them. It used to be like weekend after the 24 hours, right? Yeah. Speed weeks. Yeah. So it looks like it's the 20th. So February twentieth. So it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Which, so. yeah, the Super Bowl is this weekend. Right? Correct. Super Bowl is the thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, actually, listen, we are a media company that does not have permission to say that. We have to say the Sorry, big the, game, Andrew. The big game. Yes. <laughs> the big pigskin game. Yes. Big sports ball game is the thirteenth, yeah. um, and then the twentieth is is the Super Bowl of. Auto racing, mm. the Daytona 500. So. Is that, or is that the Indianapolis 500? Oh no, it's the Daytona 500. It, it's self, 
self-named Super Bowl of auto racing. Yeah. It's always like <laughs> in February, the Daytona 500 is the Super Bowl of auto racing. In May, Indianapolis 500 is the Super Bowl of auto racing. Yeah. Nope. I think Daytona took it because it's the same month as the actual um, big pigskin game. Yeah. So anyway, I'm excited for NASCAR again. I know we said that last year. I watched a few races last year. Each year they're making it a little better. And uh, I am excited for uh, for this year. Will I watch every race? Probably not. But I'll definitely watch the 500 and I'll watch the road course stuff. And if they do dirt tracks, I'll watch the dirt track. You know, yeah. and if there's any day where I'm just not doing much and want to watch a race, I'll watch a race. So what I should do is get off my butt and go to Watkins Glen this year. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. I don't know when it is, but I could see if I can make it work. It's in August. Probably not, but we'll see. It's going to be a busy summer this year, unfortunately, so we'll see what happens. All right, cool. Is this an episode? This is an I episode. think this is an episode. My voice can't do much more today either, so it All makes right. sense to kill it. All right, we'll let you go. Thanks. All right, so as always, uh, you know where to find us. We should probably tell the, them anyway. Uh, Try to tell them anyways. We might have new listeners. New listeners. If we did, they're no. gone because it's not a good episode. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was fine. I mean, you know, it's mostly the same. <laughs> well, I just I'm, I'm my whole voice and my whole talking. I've been hearing about it all day from people that I I have been slurring my speech. So I'm not you surprised. That's different to me. <laughs> okay, good. Yo, sometimes you show up here a couple cut waters deep. So and so do I. I don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't show up cut water as deep. It's usually throughout the progress of the uh of the event. Yeah. But no. So yeah, well, I'm on Instagram, Race and Anger on uh Twitter as well, Race and Anger. Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram, uh our new Instagram, Scale Autocast, with a uh soon to be recorded podcast. We're getting to it. And, Both uh, of us just bought a bunch of new equipment so we could do video with uh, the right amount of light and the right amount of audio and the right amount of video. So, Yep. Uh, that'll be a monthly podcast that is coming out because um, we certainly have a bunch of things to show off and talk about on that. Yeah. Uh, Brad, where can they find you? Uh, as always, they can find me at TSISS350 on Instagram. Cool. So, as always, keep cars analog. Wear your seatbelts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Keep the bag in the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, aim for the roses. Yeah. Not the K-Rail. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I didn't hit the roses because the K-Rail was in the way. Yeah. Good night. See ya. Yeah.